So here we go then, episode 50. Yeah. We did a live show. We did, and it was a lot of fun. It I really enjoyed it. Really good fun evening. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for coming down. If you did, uh, you know, if you didn't come down, that's fine. Yeah. I, I guess mean, we'll get over it. Yeah, and we'll be doing another live show at some point. So, point you know, just make... 1996 trainer advert space jam. Exactly. around. And then you just need to make sure you come down to that. Uh, yeah, so we're, here we are. We've done, we've done 10 years of the Tooniverse. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 1937 to 1947. And what a 10 years it's been. Uh, and yeah, a lot a lot's happened. And uh, a lot of it is about to be uh, turned on its head to some extent because of the uh, good 1998 <laughs> movie Roger Rabbit. Uh, so it was our first time uh, doing anything like this. Uh, so please forgive, you know, shakiness of recording it's not going to be up to our usual crisp standard no but i, I mean I, but, I, I think it's it's going to sound pretty good though it's going to sound pretty good i mean it was live yeah you know you got to account for a certain amount of yeah but you know it came out pretty good uh and uh yeah we're pretty pleased with ourselves uh, yeah so uh without further ado uh enjoy the good live show yeah enjoy it <laughs> gentlemen and welcome to the pavilion in Reading tonight for your viewing pleasure KGU FM and the Space Jam continue and present Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, if you need to know where the loos are the gentlemen are up to the top right as I'm looking and the ladies are up to the top left if you need to exit the building in case of a fire um, down the stairs you came into, but there's also a fire escape to the right of the middle aisle and to the left. The stairs up the top there, they don't go anywhere. Ignore those. And behind the curtain is some sort of void, maybe a portal to the tomb world. Who knows? Who knows? So, without further ado, then I'm going to hand you over to your host for the evening. Please give a round of applause, Chris McKellen and Cal Noble. We got drunk and stupid a little while ago And said let's watch a bunch of old cartoons And try to string their plots together for a weird podcast show Well now that it's been a year, you know I don't think I regret it We still do it every week, although not a lot of people get it so thank you all for joining us here in this old cinema room To help to celebrate the show's first birthday and watch an awesome movie too Now I know that a lot of you can understand the th I can't play the guitar <laughs> Now I know that a lot of you can understand the things we do So let me give you a word of advice don't get your hopes up for understanding anytime soon It's not that kind of operation We just muddle along just like me And this song that I'm pulling out of my ass And I'm running out of ideas for Publicly 
So without further ado, let me introduce you to myself and to Cal and to Ron and to the big rubber hands and to the eye patches that Cal and I sometimes have to wear to ensure that we're seeing things clearly. I assure you that none of you in this room have watched enough cartoons in the last year to necessitate wearing an eye patch for the film this evening. That's our cross to bear. So hello and welcome to the first ever live Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. And I'm Carl Noble. And uh, yeah, we'd just like to uh, say thank you guys for coming and uh, watching this fantastic film with us. Uh, we're going to give you a brief rundown of uh, the Tooniverse, which is what we call their world. And, you know, it'll give you a frame of reference so that you can watch this film through kind of the same sort of eyes that we're watching. Because we're, we're not delusional. We know our listenership is not high. It's not. It's not high. I know a lot of people in this room, uh, you know, even who are in this show today have not <laughs> listened to the podcast. Yeah, I know. People could be trying harder. Uh, so uh, we're going to cover a few things that we've discovered over the last year. We've been doing this for a year. Uh, what we're aiming to do is... Uh, because Warner Brothers, the DC universe, isn't doing too well for them. It's a bit, it's no. a bit shit. Uh, so uh, we're trying to make a cinematic universe for them because we know that that's what the kids like. But the other thing the kids like is reboots of old stuff. Yeah, they do. So Love uh, we started watching the Looney Tunes cartoons from the first time Porky and Daffy Duck met in 1937. And we're going all the way through to the good 1996 movie Space Jam, which, so far as I can remember, is basically an advert for trainers. Yeah, but it's a really good advert. It's a really good long advert for trainers, really well produced. And, you know. It's got Michael Jordan in it. That anyone caught lumping the Air Jordan in with the rest of the Nike Air range will feel my wrath. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we've done about 10 years of it. We've gone 1937 to 1947, which is when Who Framed Roger Rabbit is set. Uh, and we just like to take you through a couple of things that we've learned in the last. Yeah, Last so year of doing this stupid, stupid thing that no one asked us to do. Gary mentioned the portal. Um, so everybody probably remembers the rings that when the Looney Tunes bit comes up or Mary Melvis comes up, kind of like this. Uh, that's not just like a little stop card before the show starts. That's actually a portal into their world. Okay, right. Which is why every time a cartoon ends and it closes off, that's just the portal closing. It's just the portal closing. Now, yeah. Creatures can pass through the portal with varying effects. It hap uh, some tunes escaped just before the advent of uh, Hitler's power. Yeah, that, that did not iffy. work out well. Uh, tunes in the human world, not good. No, it's not good. No. Um, but it also, if there's like a period cartoon, like someone could cross over to our world, wait for there to be a cartoon set in, say, 1894, then jump back in and travel through time. So... Yeah, time travel's possible. That's something very way. important. Just, we we figured this out. Yeah. It's yeah, amazing. <laughs> like... It's astounding that no one has taken the time to do this thorough research before. I know, it's weird. But uh, what is interesting is when you look through the portal, you see all of these animals, and they seem pretty sentient. Yeah, they can chat. Uh, yeah, they and can... you may be asking yourself, so why is that rabbit sentient and that rabbit's not? Why is that pig eating a ham sandwich, of all things, and this pig is just living on a farm? Uh, we discovered something we like to call the moment. Uh, so is anyone... Who's familiar with the X-Men franchise? Everyone seen X-Men? No one, not a soul. That's horse awesome. shit. <laughs> Somebody's definitely... Come on. There's some people at the back have definitely seen it. We're going to have a lot of difficulty if, if, if that's, that's, a t that's the first touch point and And, and, and nobody's nothing. got it. I reckon we can break it down for them. Oh, Nathan's seen it. Well <laughs> done, Well done, Nathan. Uh, so, yeah, uh, within the X-Men franchise, um, the mutants have dormant powers 
uh, that aren't awake or, or aren't awoken until they go through a moment of stress. Yeah, it's normally in their sort of teenage years uh, that their powers will manifest. And a similar thing happens in the toon world. Like, you know, if a, if a, if a bunny's about to get, uh, you know, its head smashed in, it might suddenly develop the wherewithal and the gumption to, you know, uh, fight back. Or, yeah, and you get know, out of there. You know, do any number of toon things. Turn its ears into a helicopter, that yeah. sort of thing. They don't, don't know what they're going to be able to do. Just manifest, and they can do it, and they get away. So that's the difference between, like, you know, just a pig and porky pig. Porky Pig, you know, clearly got stressed out at some point. And, well, uh, actually, no. It's, that's not it, true. Yeah, he, he, he was... If you've got two sentient toons and they have a kid, that kid is born sentient. Yeah. He does not need to go through a moment of stress. I mean, he will, because he's got two toons as a parent, but he doesn't have to. Now, these sentient uh, animals, they sort of took over uh, in the 30s. They're the, they're the sort of... Dominant species, as it were, even though they're a big mess of stuff, uh, under a laissez-faire uh, monkey government, pretty socialist affair. Um, but uh, they had an issue with the humans of the Toon world. Uh, they're not humans from our side of the portal. They're, they're cartoon humans, and there was a massive demarcation. So all the Toons lived in the city, uh, and all the non-sentient Toons and the humans lived outside of the city. Yeah, it was all very sort of like Wild West. Yeah, like I anywhere very humans weird. live very frontier townish for the last well from 1937 till quite recently in our in yeah well the, i think the first time we saw a human kind of crossing into the city and mixing with the sentient animals uh, it was a baseball game and there was a giant yeah you're not going to argue with a giant they no. just let him in yeah so, you're just like now you're fine you so in. the giant humans like our good compere gary like yeah. they they really laid the groundwork for uh for toons and humans to come together uh, if you're a non-sentient animal uh, and you want to enter the city, you have to take a thing called the trouser test, uh, which is just to prove you're sentient uh, and you're not going to be a problem, and then you're issued with two items of formal clothing, uh, which you pretty much wear for the rest of, rest of time. Yeah, that can uh, be gloves, uh, bow tie. Yeah, you por- don't have to wear pants, though. Yeah, so Porky Pig went for it's the odd. bold, just a jacket and a bow tie. Yeah. He's like, probably the most naked you can be. He's a trendsetter. I don't think there's much more naked you can be than I just a jacket so. and a bow tie. No. Uh, so, uh, our world kept the Toon world pretty secret, uh, as I'm sure you're, you're aware, because uh, you, you didn't think, think it was a portal. You thought they were cartoons. They're not cartoons. Not cartoons. Uh, this is uh, at the behest of a, an agency, uh, which is made of uh, people from the Toon world and our world, uh, just to keep everything at a level, because crossover was really screwing things up. Yeah, so we kind of imagine it's like a big round table, and it goes like, like tune, Doctor Strange human, Love. tune, human, tune, human. And, you know, they, they sort it all out, keep they it all sort secret. It all out. Yeah. Um, they're far more open about the existence of our world on the Toon side than they are on our side about the existence of the Toon world. Uh, now, one of the people that we don't think is on the agency at the moment is a very beloved character, but he shouldn't be. Um, you know, he's grey, big ears, it's Bugs Bunny. Right, but Bugs Bunny to us isn't just a, a normal bunny. To us, he is a Toon Lord. Okay? Yeah. He, he possesses a uh, power called a TARDIS, which is time and relative dimension in soil. If Bugs Bunny touches soil, he can go anywhere. Yeah, and through time. He's got some agenda, and he's done some dark, dark things yeah, in the last 10 years of cartoons horrendous. that we've watched. Like, he's got the second most confirmed kills, I think, of any Toon. On-screen kills, by the way. Uh, after Tweety Bird. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tw- uh, Tweety is definitely rocking the highest number. Yeah, any so dynamic far. you remember from these cartoons when you were a kid, you've got it so backwards. Yeah. Like, Daffy's the good guy out of Porky and Daffy. 
uh, Sylvester's the good guy and Sylvester and Tweety. Bugs Bunny is just a, like... Yeah, Elmer Fudd's the good guy. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Uh, but, yeah, so Bugs Bunny, he's got an agenda. Uh, because he, with his time-travelling powers, is the only one who knows that in the year 1996, aliens are going to come from outer space and challenge the Earth to a game of basketball, having possessed some of the greatest basketball players in the world uh, and just absorbed their basketball powers. That's and Space Jam, by the way. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> Gary hasn't seen Space Jam, so that's yeah, one of... Yeah, he's never seen it. Never seen Space Jam. That's one of our favourite things about doing Oh, Gibbs this has never seen Space Jam. You just wait. Just, it, it's so going to be amazing. Give it about two, a year and a half. The two people that we know, personally, who are the most up-to-date with the podcast... Uh, neither of them have seen Space Jam. So they're going to go into that in about a year and a half, assuming everything we've said is Having absolutely Having listened to correct, us for two and a half which years. Which is brilliant to me. It keeps me going. <laughs> it's a good reason to do but it. Yeah, Bugs Bunny knows that's going to happen, and he's just trying to get everything into place, but he's a very the ends justify the means kind of a guy. Like, he did some bad things in the war. He handed out a lot of chalk ices with grenades in them to some Japanese soldiers. It was, well, just hurling abuse at them. It was really quite horrible. Yeah, it was pretty There's fantastic. some horrible stuff in cartoons from the, the 30s and 40s. I don't know if that... I don't know. know if anyone really realised that, you know, when you're a kid. <laughs> it's vile. Watching it, it's horrible. But what that does lead us to, the old chalk ices and grenades, is the war. The war, uh, Second World War, by the way, just in case anybody's asking, um, it was such a big part in our world, and it made a very big impact in the Toon world as well. Uh, the reason it made a big impact in the Toon world, it started as them just supporting our world. they just tell us to buy war bonds and things, because they, they know they can communicate with our world. They were just acting as sort of an advert. But then there opened another theatre of war. So obviously here we've got the Pacific theatre, we've got the European theatre, the African theatre, but in the there was a Tooniversal theatre as well. Because, uh, as we discovered yesterday... Yeah. Austro-Hungarian actor Peter Lorre uh, invented, uh, or at least got close to emulating portal technology. Uh, and when Adolf Hitler came into power, he fled Germany. Uh, some of uh, Hitler's goons turned up to try and annex this technology, and he fled through the portal, leaving the scientist remnant of himself in the Tooniverse, mad, like, and just oh, trying just to get deranged. home. Uh, but he came out where he intended, America, and he starred in the Maltese Falcon and Casablanca and stuff like that. So he did very well for himself. One half of Peter Laurie did really well for himself. The other half is Not trapped so looking well pretty tragic himself. in the Tooniverse. Yeah. Uh, I think that brings us pretty so much those, to we, we basically made a list of six things that we've, we've come across in the last uh, year of doing this that we think Who Framed Roger Rabbit might have some relevance to because it's set in 1947, so it's just post-war. Yeah. We, like, you know... We definitely know there are some tunes just living in our world. So, like, those are the things that, that, that may come up. Uh, what we'd like uh, you to do today, I mean, obviously enjoy the film. But it's uh, be good. please watch it with some of those things in mind. Uh, and if you have any questions or queries or theories about what's going on, uh, please, uh, afterwards, we're going to uh, do a live episode of the podcast and try and uh, weave Who Framed Roger Rabbit into our, our Tooniverse so far. So if you've got any questions, any theories, any queries... Uh, you know, keep them in mind and uh, we'll have some microphones down here for the second half of the show where you can come and ask us and we'll have a chat about it and we'll try and, we'll try and get this thing done, you know, for science. It's very important. It's, it's we science need you is to vital. Help. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, uh, we present to you the good 1988 film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Enjoy.
Okay, welcome back everyone to part two at Live at the Pavilion. Uh, we're moving into the podcast area now, and one of the mics here I'm speaking on is one of the question mics for you guys to come up and ask your questions. The other one is just over there. So, would anybody like to ask a question? Well, first up, can I just like you don't you don't have to crane your necks anymore. Why are you all sitting over <laughs> yeah, there? You, you, you can come all come on. a bit nearer. Come you, on, I want you to can't come closer. I mean, not too close. We're not going to pick on you. We're not closer. comedians. No. Oh. No, they, we established that in the first yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, we did. All musicians. I'm All musicians. Not I established musician. that in the first minute. You established that 10 years ago, Chris. Well, yeah, but I did uh, okay off it. Cutting words. <laughs> ah, there we go. Right, so, uh, a bit more. basically, we scribbled some things down. Uh, if at any point during the next bit you want to come and ask a question, just come up to one of these microphones and we'll get to you. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know on the theme we're currently chatting about, like, we'll, we'll get to you if you've got any queries about the Tooniverse as, as we've worked it out or about specifically things that you saw in the film, go for it. I'd just like to issue an apology at this point to uh, Nathan, who has been acting as the world's greatest runner this afternoon, uh, because we sent him out to get some eye patches because we've got to preserve our Toon vision like they used to do at the sea. Like, you know, you've got to cover one eye and then if your vision's getting tired, you just move it to the other eye and... Uh, he couldn't find any in town, so he made us some out of elbow patches you sew onto a jacket, and he sat in the pub making them, and then we forgot to put them on. So I'm really sorry, Nathan. <laughs> Thanks like, for the effort, though. It he was, was literally top-notch. sat in the pub across the road with a needle and thread, sewing a leather patch <laughs> to a piece of elastic for both of us, and we just spat it back in his face. D- d- didn't even so, put it off the table. I'm really sorry, Nathan. Uh, but yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit then? Yeah, that was... Very entertaining. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and when I was a kid, it used to scare the shit out of me. It's still a bit horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's that doom block at the end. Oh, God, he's horrid. But, you know, it's, it's, it's changed a lot in our, in our Tooniverse. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, the fact that you've got uh, Disney characters mixed in with Warner Brother characters, like, you know, and is And presumably Maroon characters? Yeah. Yeah, so like we've got two, like at least one, possibly two new Tooniverses. I'm not watching all of them. No, no that's I'm, not I'm happening. I'm not getting that involved. Like, so Do we've got a Disney verse, we've got a Marooniverse. Yeah. Like, I was wondering, so like, when do we think maybe that Toons started living in our world? Because we've not seen it up until now, and we've got to 1947 in cartoon form, and they're still pretending they're all pen and ink. Yeah, I mean, it's because. When we first came across uh, the concept of the portal, it was in a theatre where uh, a toon actually interacted with somebody in the theatre. He shot somebody. Yeah. Uh, it was in, in 1938. It's the first interdimensional murder. Someone shot someone in a New York theatre. Yeah. And for, like, from there, we, we, we kind of just assumed that that theatre was the only place that the portal existed. And as we watched the cartoons, we saw that the, the portal seemed to push further and further out into the theatre. So Weird tendrils. Interdimensional tendrils. Yeah. Like so, Yggdrasil. Uh, so I'm guessing that possibly the uh, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies portal was the first, but not the only one. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I mean, we've just watched the good documentary yeah. about what life was like in 1947. Yeah. 
And entirely factual. They're, they're, living, they're living there, in Toontown. In Toontown. Yeah. It's not a portal. No, well, no, but the thing is, I don't think that Toontown is through the portal. I no, think what's not. happened is they've brought over their building materials, and because there's a lot of uh, Toon actors, they're now giving them a place in the Hollywood area. So do you think that's some sort of scheme, some sort of government scheme? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just a lot easier to get to work if you live next to the studio, isn't it? <laughs> so they started bringing a load of Toon stuff through. Yeah, because so it's Toon stuff that's been weird in this film, I think, for me. Yeah. Like, Toon characters, we've had them jumping back to forwards. Yeah. Like, that's fine. We've had people jumping into the Tooniverse. Yeah. Uh, but Toon stuff in our world, like... It, it's, it's a lot of, with the physics and the like the the way things interact that has sort of cemented certain ideas for me because the only tune physics we understood before was there is a triangle for gravity kind of like kind of like with fire where you need fuel and heat and and like so you've got this little triangle so uh the gravity triangle in the tooniverse is uh gravity like the mass yeah then uh knowledge that you are not standing on anything and otherwise important. propulsion, and you need two of those three things to fly towards the ground. So as long as you ignore the fact that you're flying towards the ground, you're fine. You just you just stand in midair, yeah. uh, and that's the only tune physics we yeah. We have. Like we we witnessed a plane falling to the ground, and then it ran out of fuel and stopped, and it yeah, didn't hit the it ground. It stopped just before it because hit the ground. Because the plane like, didn't know. The plane yeah. hasn't got any knowledge. Yeah, the plane. like the plane wasn't sentient. It just ran out of fuel. And that was it. So that's so. the only thing we've had up till now. But now we've got, like... Because you notice, like, the weasels are holding a like, human weapon, like, uh, yes. our world weapons. Yeah. And when they want to harm a toon, people are picking up toon things. So they can interact, but you can only be harmed by the stuff from your... It, it did seem universe. that way. It, like, it definitely did seem that way. But, I mean, I don't know. The, Roger was definitely, like, definitely getting handcuffed. So, he's, so that is definitely able to, to lock him in place. Yeah, Mind but it can't harm... Though. No harm him. Uh, Nathan, our resident marine biologist and eye patch manufacturer, you have a question. I'd like to start off by saying I'm very much not a marine biologist. You are. <laughs> uh, what, You're the closest thing we got have. Got a degree in what, sorry? Uh, marine biology. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's, he's not a marine biologist though, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> lies. Don't give me this shit. Now, what's your question? On the uh, like, subject that you're talking about now, which is why I jumped up, um, I definitely noticed that there were objects that started out as human weapons, like the golden gun. The golden was gun, I a human saw. world, and it ends up in Roger Rabbit's hand as a tomb, now, tomb gun. And I'm pretty sure the same thing happened with the cigar the baby was smoking. He drops it, and it just becomes a human cigar. No, he definitely had a human cigar. At the point where he dropped it, he definitely had a human cigar. But earlier on, he definitely had a tomb cigar. So he yeah. enjoys both. So there's, a, there's some sort of weird shifting system going on. Going on. And also the cartoon gun, I'm sure, at some point becomes like a plastic gun. In it's its definitely hand. a cartoon Yeah, it's cartoon gun. to start with. But I'm sure there's a scene and you're like, oh, that just is looks that, like a is that plastic? plastic version Do you of have the to do a certain gun. thing to maintain tuniness? Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, no, because I definitely noticed the, the golden gun. That's, that's, that's the one that got me. And I'm wondering, like, because Acme plays a big role in this film. And we haven't actually seen a lot of Acme, which is like a token thing of, of the Looney Tunes franchise. And like, we haven't seen a lot of Acme in the cartoons up until this point. And Acme is clearly a company from our side. Yeah, yeah. It was, that, it was started by a human. That, is, that has started making Toon stuff for Toons. So I'm wondering if maybe there's, there's a method of switching things one way or the other that, that Acme wields. 
Yeah, well, um, like kind of to, I guess, to stabilise them in our universe, maybe. Like, yeah, it's strange. I mean, but the but the golden gun because that was um, uh, that Maroon's, Maroon's gun. Maroon's gun, yeah. And uh, so maybe Roger can change stuff. I don't know. Well, like, that, that's one of his. It, well, could, be, it could be one of his two powers. It is very possible because we've only we've only seen people cross over into the the like Looney Tunes universe. So maybe things from the Marooniverse or the Disneyverse act in different ways compared to our universe. Yeah. Uh, hello, you have a question. Hello. Uh, yeah, my question is tangential to that in that it. Really... Oh, that is tangential. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I could. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> uh, it's related to Baby Herman. Right. So, Baby Herman, do you think that he is um, an adult toon who chooses to live as a baby, like a sexy baby a la your sub-dog scenario listed earlier on, or do you think he's the product of two races of baby of adult <laughs> <cartoons>. <laughs> oh God. because you know he couldn't have started off as a baby and then become a cartoon baby because you can only you have to reach your like point of stress i think a little later on or could he have just you know that happened and now he has to maintain baby form yeah. so he so he didn't necessarily change at a point of stress as you say he could, he could be a product of two already sentient tunes i i wondered if there was sort of uh your your Growth or progression is stunted. If you cross over into our universe, you can no longer grow up as a toon, but you still gain, like... We you still get as cynical and jaded like, as like, if you were 40. We, we, we definitely talked about this with uh, the character Sniffles, though. Yeah, Sniffles, um, we wondered so we, Sniffles is an alcoholic uh, mouse. Uh, he's European. He's just made his way to the States in 1947. Uh, we think he was replaced uh, when the original Sniffles uh, left the Tooniverse to go and start in uh, Five All Goes West. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he looks exactly the same. Look exactly the he's, same. he's exactly the same. Um, but yeah, Sniff, we had some trouble with Sniffles. But well, yeah, but, like, if we're working on the, um, the, the principle that we came up with that Mice are actually just baby elephants. Oh, yeah, that's Which is why all elephants are scared of mice, because they're just commitment. scared of commitment. Like, they're terrified. So they just freak out, you know, oh, God, it's a baby, and they just trip yeah, out. Yeah, they just get, get away from me. I don't want to be responsible yeah. for that. So if a mouse going from the kind of Looney Tunes universe comes into our world and then steps into the Disney world to become Fival, at that point his growth is stopped. Was, was Fival goes west a Disney guy? I think so. I don't. Does, I, it, does, I don't does, know does, does anyone know that question? Five goes west. Universe does Five goes west take place in? It's not Disney. Well, now I, we've got another one. Now we've got Disneyverse, Marooniverse, Tooniverse, and, and whatever and that is. The Fiveverse. This is harrowing. Yeah. We thought we had like a year and a half of this left to go. <laughs> but what that does is that shows that actually coming out of the universe that you're from does stop growth. So it is possible that that baby just came into our world. And you know, it was abandoned. Grew up, yeah. Well, I mean, like, like you say, abandoned. I'd probably abandon it. It was horrible. Well, I had a theory about the uh, like. I, 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 <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me just digest that for a second. <laughs> oh, I say horrible things, <laughs> like, by the way. Uh, so I had a theory about uh, that. There maybe isn't a Marooniverse. Uh, it's just he takes all the sort of escape tunes because, like, his seem more batshit than even the Looney Tunes lot. Like. They're maniacs in their own way, but yeah. they're not—they're not all just constantly jumping around, like being crazy, except for Daffy. Yeah. Like, 
So I wondered if he rounded up all the escaped tunes who've gone a bit crazy or at least seem crazy in our universe, put them to good work at Maroon Studios, uh, and that's when they started making films that weren't like just an archival view through the portal, but were actually, well, we'll make some tune sets, we'll get them to actually yeah. do the stunts themselves. Because like, as soon as it's this, a set, a tune set, it's, 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 not, it's not like it was before. Like, when, when, that ba- when the baby Herman's climbing over those knives... We know full well those two knives can really hurt Baby Herman. He's a yes, he's yeah. a professional stuntman, stunt baby, stunt thing, baby, baby, know. baby stunt, stunt time. What, what, what I did find interesting uh, when Eddie went into Toontown though was he started kind of acting. Well, not acting like a tune, but things started to affect him like a tune. So when he was in the lift and the lift went up, he ended up squashed on the floor. So even though Toontown isn't through the portal and it's just been constructed within our world, some of the laws apply. So it's almost that, lo- that like the laws are already in the brickwork. They, they start to permeate into our world. Because like, when he was hanging off the bar and uh, my boy Tweety comes out yeah. and I like, starts putting his fingers off the bar and I was just watching it going, that bird can't fucking help himself. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Uh, but then I realised, like, if these tune physics apply and he's human, when he hits the tune ground, it, does it matter? Well, I mean, I guess Because if not. the tune knives aren't scary to a human, that's why the, the weasels all have to carry, you know, real weapons. Real world guns. Yeah. Like, did Tweety just know it was probably fine? I, I don't think Tweety cared, to be honest. Just he, he just goes, oh, someone to kill. I'm I mean, going to kill them. I, I hasten to agree with you, but, like, I just, I just wonder, like, does that count? Um... I mean, because he guess seems he, scared, but is that just a like a well? Yeah, I mean, that, that, like, he he doesn't often go into Toontown, so I mean, you know, it, not since the incident. No, but if if you're falling, it doesn't really matter where you're falling. You you're gonna react to it yeah. that way. You're gonna probably freak out. Absolutely. When do we think his brother died? Because that has to. Because he said he died in Toontown. Yeah. How long has Eddie been in this? Funk. We know it's not after 1938 because we saw a picture of his brother in 1938. Yeah. So five years. Uh, yeah, I was, I was like, I, I know I've missed it at this point. So Toontown has existed in some form. Yeah, it, since, it, it, since 42. Yeah, so, it, so so it's very possible that it was it was pushed out, but maybe just kept a bit more secret or covered up. Uh, how like pervasive it like was. The Eden Project. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's quite easy if you've just got like a load of tunes kicking about and just put a big dome on top of them. <laughs> did, did it in the Simpsons. I love you say this, it's quite easy. They, they, they did it in the listen Simpsons. Listen up, you just put a dome on it. Just put a dome on top of them. Gary, do you have a question? Um, actually, this question's from uh, Kieran in the audience, but uh, I'd like me to ask it for him. Um, I thought you, I th- for a moment, I thought you had people texting in. <laughs> well, yeah, this question's <laughs> I was like, yeah, Kieran. we made it. <laughs> uh, it's a very clever question, actually. Uh, he asks, if tunes are so powerful and are able to morph their body parts like Judge Doom, having only one weakness, the dip, why are tunes so laid back and cheerful and why don't they just enslave humanity? Would you care to answer that? <laughs> right, that's a big one. Well, <laughs> I, did, I did think about this to an extent, though. Uh, so, uh, Doom wants to nerf Toontown, get rid of it. Yeah, he just wants to Because at that point, he'd be the only tune. And at that point, there's not really anything can stop him. He controls the dip. He, he, he cooks it up. It's his own recipe, by all, by all accounts. Uh, so he'd be the only tune, and he, and he, w- he would be all-powerful. But his plan to enslave humanity involves uh, motels, like uh, service stations and stuff like that. 
Like, uh, he, I think he did win. He's, yeah. he's less wacky than one would like from a Toon Overlord, I think. Yeah. Like, he gets it all done with his big anvil hand, and then he, then he just goes, right, let's I mean, get to capitalism. I, 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 th- I think they get back to like, like the, the, the main part of the question. Like the reason the Toons don't try to enslave humanity... I mean, Roger says it. He just wants to make people laugh. The, like, 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 the tunes aren't out there to cause, I mean, apart from Tweety, um, any sort of, like, real oh, malicious... Well, or Porky. Um, <laughs> actually, no, there's quite a few of them, which are pretty horrible. Yeah, um, a lot of you don't, uh, won't know this, but um, between the years of probably around 1941 and 1945, 46, yeah. uh, Porky III... Uh, because he has been recast on several occasions. Uh, Porky III created a nation-state of Porkytopia in which he uh, you know, filled it with businesses, uh, with likenesses of himself running them, uh, and uh, you know, brought everyone under sort of a uh, communist rule. Uh, it, w- it was a and dark had to time replace him with Porky the Fourth, who isn't as good as the, jo- uh, the job. He's not as good of a Porky. That's just worth noting at this point. Yeah, it was it was a very dark time for Porky, and um, we still don't really know what happened to Porky the Third. All we know is Daffy did something. Yeah, and Daffy. We don't, was, we don't know. Daffy what. was sent in. He was sort of an inside man. He was but the by only the government, could get to him by the government. Daffy's done a lot of government work, like wet work. Yeah, yeah, he's, and he's an assassin. Like, you'd expect him to get someone more subtle, but it seems to be working. Well, I mean, he's, he's doing quite a good job of it. Yeah. He's definitely my hero. But yeah, so Toons aren't as smiley and happy as, as they look uh, in general. Um, but uh, in Toontown, they seem to be loving it. Like, we've never seen Toons that happy. The trees are happy, they're all dancing no, around, but the, but all these flowers are going if, for if it. If you're going to build uh, a place for your workers, you want to try and make it as happy and comfortable as possible. Well, so. I was thinking, like, because uh, Roger, Roger seems to love Goofy, find Goofy hilarious. Yeah. And he works in our world because we find him hilarious. So I'm wondering if it's actually rare for Toons within the same universe to find each other funny. Uh, possibly. Uh, so when you get them all together, people from the Disneyverse, people from the Marooniverse, the Looney Tuneverse, all in one place, they're suddenly having... A, just the just best a, time. They're just the best time. Yeah. Like, because everyone's hilarious. Because, like, the... Uh, I, the, we, well, we'd actually know where Jessica Rabbit's like what universe Jessica no. Rabbit's from no, but uh, like you know it's like what do you see in that guy well he makes me laugh and, and as a res- uh, that, that's a rarity I think yeah for, in people from the same same universe uh, Bear did you have a question I did thank you Cal. that's quite right I'll see you there thank you Chris <laughs> I've done nothing for you <laughs> that could be said over and over again <laughs> I'm not sure where's the best place to be around the mic Close. Okay, thank you, Alad. Get on it. <laughs> um, I thought this raised some very interesting questions about Toon autonomy. So there's several points throughout the film where Toons are compelled to act in a certain way based on stimulus around them. So Roger can't escape until something is hilarious as a reason to do it. Uh, he has to respond to the thing. And there's very much sort of a an element that tunes are trapped within this bubble, where they don't have full autonomy over themselves. They have to be part of the bit. How do you feel about that? How do you feel uh, about well, restraining we, we, them? Like, we have talked about this um, during the podcast, where they... I don't listen to the podcast, Callum. No, no, I know, I know. <laughs> um, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> I don't really listen to it. Um, yeah, it's... They, they seem to find that they just have to follow through with a gag. Like, they just fully commit to a gag. If, if there's a gag happening, 
they will pretty much forget anything else, even if it's, uh, I should be escaping now. And it's like, oh, yeah, but I did just do a funny bit and I could just keep it going a bit longer. And they do. They just hang around. They miss perfect opportunities to either get one over on somebody or just run away. And, yeah, I think that's largely it. I think they are just fully committed to the bit. I think it exists probably only when they know they're being watched by someone who's going to find it funny, though. Like, yeah. I think when they're alone, they're probably fine. Uh, like, it, but, but it's... Uh, <laughs> Like, they, don't, they, don't, they don't think of a bit and then go, oh, I'm just going to do I'm just like, Let's see this play out. <laughs> but uh, I think in the case of uh, Roger, and especially like the shaving a haircut, two bits sort of situation, it's because the, like, they're addicted to making people from the other universes laugh. It's, like, it's, they've had a taste. And, uh, and, and, and like, they just can't get enough. Much like Tweety and Murder, but, you know, everyone, <laughs> e- everyone's got a vice. That, that right? is true. And he found that one real early as He well, found he, that vice early. He before didn't he had feathers. feathers. Yeah. yeah, he was just a bald bird. Uh, Rob, weird. do you have a question? I do. I've got two questions. Oh, you... I know. Sorry. Um, firstly, when the tunes die, you see their angels go up into Toon Heaven, I presume. Yeah. But you don't see that with Judge Doom... Or with the sneaker that gets put in the dip earlier. Why do you think that is? Shoes don't have soles, <laughs> Rob. Fair enough. <laughs> you, you did it. Well done. <laughs> but I would say that the weasel that falls in the dip doesn't go to heaven. Yeah, I think, all it's, I think it's the dip. I think dip just kills everything. Because um, the others, they, they laugh themselves to death. I don't know if that's a thing just to do with weasels or if that's tunes in general. But we've mm. seen a lot of uh, spirits of cats fly out. They have nine, yes. obviously. Yeah. Um, and they can if one of them with cats if there's still a spirit in them they can quickly grab their spirits and, 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 and just chuck them back in yeah I mean, like we did see the weasel give that a try he did try and grab a sp- spirit and pull it back in but I think the reason the dip takes away the spirit as well is because the dip was essentially dissolving the tune and the ghost is a tune as well so that if, if it's dissolved in the dip there's no spirit because, there because the dip's like mostly turpentine Largely, uh, because yeah. uh, you you uh, wondered if they were made of paint a long time ago. Because yeah. we were like, well, what are they made of? Yeah. If they come into our world and you just went, I know, paint. paint that seems true. Confirmed. Another confirmed. We'll chalk that up as three successful confirmed theories now yep. over a year. <laughs> we're doing well. Uh, what's, what's your second question? The second question is, you talked earlier about um, the moment for tunes coming sentient, basically. When they go into Toontown, all the buildings are sentient all the chairs inside the lobby are sentient, the cushions are sentient. How does that square with the rest of your world? Um, and what does that say about things like toilets in the tomb world? And have, you ever been li- have you ever been lived in? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been sat on? It's stressful, Rob. They, they, I mean, I, one bit I really liked in this, though, he wasn't even moving in the background. It was just in the background, but there was like a, a drain pipe going into a barrel and it just had these really angry eyes on it. It's just like... Yeah, I feel you, bro. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't think they have a choice in the matter. Yeah, I imagine being pulled through the portal is probably quite a stressful situation as well, especially for something which is just a brick. I had a theory about the bullets, though. Like, the, the sentient bullets. Yeah. So, start off just a tune bullet, you fire a bullet, but if you retrieve that bullet and recase it, yeah. It's a mad sentient thing because it's just been fired at high velocity out of a gun into yeah. something else. I mean, so the f- f- you make a bullet, it's normal, you fire it, then you go and dig that out, 
and it's just this mad bastard now. Yeah. I, like, like, like we, did, we did talk about this uh, at the beginning of the war, because um, we saw at the start of the war that more and more uh, kind of inanimate objects were becoming sentient, um, and we posited the idea that it was down to rationing. So things are just getting more and more stressed out because there are more and more is expected from them. Yeah, and they're just like, I'm the last of my kind! <laughs> yeah, I've got, a, I've got so much more work to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh God, I'm the, the last The bus is just like, how am I going to stretch that far? It's not going to happen. <laughs> just I'm not going to last around. a week. Just spread it around, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, it's stressful too. Grace. You say close is better. Okay, cool. Um, so naturally, I have a bird question. Obviously. Uh, this yes. is our resident uh, ornithologist and zookeeper and animal interpreter, Grace Lander. Hello. Get, get closer. Get closer. closer. Get in. Um, <laughs> so, yes, bird question. Um, so, in the Tooniverse, I can't get much closer than that. Um, the, if, uh, if you, obviously, if you fall and hit your head, as we saw, he did, um, obviously the, the Tweety birds go around your head. What happens if a Tweety bird falls over and hits its head? And then that Tweety bird falls over and hits its head. Do we now have an infinite loop of birds, which I would welcome? They don't always, um, they, they don't always hit their head and see birds. So they see other things. They see as well, stars so as well. Stars. So, 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 so we see Roger Rabbit see stars. So it's very possible that birds will never see birds. But then again, like Tweety, like who's like to my surprise, because I thought Tweety was a girl until we started this. Uh, Tweety's a guy, uh, but um, I don't think we ever see like. A, a female Tweety Bird, or we definitely haven't, so maybe certain species do, do reproduce that way. That's good to know, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Smash their head against something for a bit. Really bash it out against a wall. You know? That, like, their sex life must be really interesting. It's... Yeah, I mean, it's different. Yeah, but... Who are you to judge? I'm not judging, I'm just watching. That sounded, that's just... That's <laughs> It is, it is the dirty paddock. It is the dirty I'm, I'm going to have to start wearing the eye patch a bit more often. I think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. We knew you should have worn those eye patches. <laughs> oh, I think we've got another question. Wolfie. Um, yeah, so we're talking about uh, reproduction and. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, just watching Jessica Rabbit there, kind of. Uh... <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just. Yeah, just, you know, put. <laughs> Put the brakes on this one. Is this going to be sleazy as shit? It's, okay, well, it already is sleazy as shit, but <laughs> is it possible? Has it happened? And are either of you the result of it? <laughs> I... Reproduction. You've met my mum. <laughs> and if you want, you can take well, the my, my, my parents are there. Uh, does that... There you go. So, so that answer your question. What were the first two? Do you think it's happened? Do you think it's possible? Uh, I, I, think, I, think, I think somebody's probably tried. I mean, I don't really know. What? I mean, like, they, 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 like, people go to clubs and like, are, are into it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, and it's like, a, they said it was a human only, like, only humans could go to that club yeah. and like, tunes perform there. So like, there, there, must be, there, there must be something there, like some sort of fire. So I, I guess, you know, the interaction definitely has happened, whether it was in patty cake form or... Well, it, it is possible, because, I mean, like, like, like Padake could be, you know, very stimulating if it's done with a tune, potentially. So, you what, know, like, 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 hey? Sorry, go, go, you can't just let that, that go by. Just back the fun bus the fuck up. What? <laughs> just start that thought again. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, so basically, uh, we see Acme playing patter cake, and they both seem to be enjoying it quite a lot. So it's possible that the, the stimulation got from playing patter cake with a tune is very similar to, you know, that type of stimulation. And, so and Roger is devastated about it as well. He is. So it's, it's very possible that it never needs to get any further than that, and there's never a chance of, uh, you know, possible reproduction between a human and a tune because... It's pat cake, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. I'd be really worried if that, like, if it, what if it just turns out that, you know, well, that's you know, how it works. It's just how it's, how it's worked this whole time. Oh, it's just like, it's just like, you know, you could see nine months ago, actually, you remember when you were a kid and you played pat cake with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it was actually then. Oh, it, it I, d- I do hope that that's not how it works. But Roger did seem really cut up about it. He was cut up about it. Yeah. But yeah, we don't know. In the, in the, in the, like, I think it probably is possible, but uh, I don't want to see it happen. Uh, I'm sure we will, though. <laughs> what happens to the lyrics in there? Is there like a bun over the bake? I don't know. Yeah, they didn't seem to progress. They seem to only know the first bit. Maybe that's like four, maybe that's like the foreplay, and then when you get to the bit about the, the baker and the... And all that lark it's like it, it's real maybe at that point they're really getting going I, you put a bun in the oven you see there you go yeah. ah right there see do you um, know the whole do you know the whole thing can you come and uh, can you come and give us something like please <laughs> that's not going to help we've got to record this you got to get up there <laughs> it might be vital to our research and it sounds like it's going to be it's for science. Pat a cake, pat a cake, baker's man, bake me a cake as fast as you can. Pat it and, pat it and prick it as fast as... No, here we go. Oh, that already sounds saucy yeah. enough. It's bad, isn't it? Pat a cake, pat a cake, baker's man, bake me a cake as fast as you can. Pat it and prick it and mark it with J. Put it in the oven for Joe and me. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well done. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I think that, that, that takes us a little closer to saying, yeah, pat a cake is definitely a sexual act. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is and why it's so stimulating. And, and we've all been so very, very wrong about everything <laughs> for, for centuries. Yeah, she definitely takes do ro- that. Says she's going to take him home and bake him a carrot cake. Jesus Christ. That film's filthy. It's like, How can I'm you show that to kids? There are children here. <laughs> Well, I don't know, but it's... <laughs> I'm not that worried about I it. I don't, I don't right. really know where to go from there. <laughs> uh, so there's quite a lot of... Um, like, because previously the, the, the whole team thing had been passed off as animation, and now we know they can cross backwards and forwards. It can't entirely be that. They definitely get three-dimensional when they come out here. We've yeah. established they're pretty much made of paint. Uh, there's a lot of uh, slang in the film uh, yes, and like yeah, colloquialism surrounding that like uh, when she just says I'm just drawn this way it's like is that yeah is that uh, a, a, a turn I, I, of phrase no, I, 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 I think they possibly just kind of play on it a bit so it's like oh, I am just uh, made up like, they're, you know, they're trying I, to own I, the fact that they've been brushed under the rug that whole time yeah yeah you yeah. know so I, I don't think they necessarily want people going through the portal, which is why, you know, they have Toontown there. So it keeps the humans out of that side of things. Because otherwise they're just going to be going around playing pat the cake with everything. <laughs> that's going to become a thing now, isn't it? We're going to just yes. Be, yeah, yes, it that's, is. that's, that's in the vernacular. <laughs> Great. Uh, Rabbit's a surname. Well, it is for him. And her. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they are married. Like, yeah, but I was wondering, because we've had a lot of problems in uh, the universe with, like, with similar animals not being able to sort of tell each other apart. Yeah, like, so a lot Bob's of Bugs Bunny episodes are called, like, have hair puns in the title. Uh, Cecil Turtle is definitely a tortoise, even by his own admission. Uh, and I'm wondering if it's actually just <laughs> through marriage. It's just like, no, I, my name's Cecil Turtle. Yes. It's like, he may as well be Cecil Smith. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, yeah, like, like, it, it is highly possible. But I mean, does that mean that? So it's Bugs' last name, Bunny. Then maybe yeah, it is I think a so. Maybe he actually is a hay. Which, and I know I'm not meant to skip forward to any Space Jam things, but I know there's a Lola Bunny, and I know she's the love interest, and I think they really need to take a look at that if it's a surname. Oh god, you're yeah. just going to really go. Ah, ah, there are similarities. <laughs> you do look quite similar. <laughs> like, so, maybe yeah. it's just the way they're drawn. Maybe it's just the way they're drawn. Who knows? Microphone. You, you of all people should know this, Gary. Gary. You're part of the show. You know where it it's is. It's just, just on this subject, but Jessica is clearly not a rabbit. She takes Roger's Yeah, surname. that's what I was so, saying. Yeah, so, so definitely. Like, but, like, that, like right now, in, for, like, in 1947, we've done 10 years of cartoons, it's getting a bit confusing. I'm worried by the time we get to, like, the, the 90s, it's just going to be all over the shop. It's just going to be, like... I think that's going to happen either way, really. <laughs> well, I, think, I, don't th- I don't think we're helping. No, possibly not. Grazing. Um, just to comment on birds again. Does that mean <laughs> <laughs> You've got a thing, haven't you? <laughs> Some would say. Um, does that mean that Daffy and Donald are related because they both share the same surname? Uh, well, no, but... <laughs> They're it, from like, different universes, though. Yeah, and just because you share the same surname the doesn't necessarily mean that you are related. It's just... Like, there's a lot of people with think about it a bit harder before playing Patacake. That's just what we're saying. <laughs> It's like the app they have in, uh, in Iceland but to check that they're, they're not like first cousins before they bang. That's not made up. That's that is a real thing. 100% legit. Right. <laughs> it's a real thing. So I, I, get, I reckon they've probably got some of that going on. I don't know if they, they probably it don't have apps now because it's 1947. But by, mm. by now, like if they, if, I don't know. We're going up to Space Jam, but in it, I haven't seen any recent Looney Tunes. Do they have like mobile phones and stuff? I stopped watching any Looney Tunes and just started watching the old ones, so I don't really know. <laughs> I know, I was there, man. Yeah, I was yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's... Uh, sorry, hold on, let me just have a question. Yeah, yeah. I've just written alcohol dehydrogenase. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've, I've written something about alcohol as well. What, like, what yeah, is well, it with Roger Rabbit drinking and turning into some sort of steam whistle? That was a bit odd. Like, yeah, like, 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 do they all do that? Do, do some tunes just are, are some of them able to just deal with alcohol? Is and a, some of them or is aren't? it a Roger thing? Because yeah, uh, yeah I, I have a friend who's uh, you know uh, he's from Burma, and uh, a lot of people there don't produce alcohol dehydrogenase, so a tiny bit of alcohol just makes them they're, they're just done. Do they um, turn into steam whistles? I'm, wor- I'm worried if that's just a Roger thing. Like, I don't know what the tune equivalent of alcohol dehydrogenase was, but that's why I wrote it, so I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Oh, no, it was, it was good. It was just something I was wondering because it, it, it affected them the same way every time. Yeah, it was predictable. Gary, are you waiting with a, an audience question? Yeah, I have another question from uh, Kieran. It's very good question again. Yes, I know you can see you're looking around, Is but it, you're not going to find him. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> I know, I, know, I know who I'm looking at, but I'm just, I'm, these are great questions. I'm right. loving it. Well, Kieran asks, due to the fact that Roger is married, do tunes have any form of organised religion at all? I mean, they, we, they, they come up as angels so, like, quite often. 
Yeah. So like, like possibly. I mean, we we've been trying to work this out for a while because there we we tried to do a Christmas special at Christmas, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there has been very little reference to Christmas in the Tuniverse. Um, and so it's it's been hard to tell if like there's been little things, but they they, they don't seem to conform on mass to any organised religion we know. Yeah, it's it's been really hard to try and go right. This is you know that religion, that's that religion, because they just don't seem to you know they don't go to church on a Sunday. They don't seem to do anything else. Like the the, the Christmas episode, well, there was only one slight mention of Santa Claus. We've seen the Easter Bunny, or at least somebody being the Easter Bunny. Yeah, so there's semblances of it, but they don't seem to go for it on mass. Uh, like, we uh, wouldn't have much more information. We wish we did, because right now, uh, you know, we're going to get to this Christmas, and we're going to have one more reference to Christmas, and it will just be us talk- again talking for 45 minutes about no cartoons whatsoever. So I really hope they start telling us the answers to these questions, but I'm afraid I can't help you there. Yeah, well, I, I, I think on the angel thing, I think it's just... They they have an idea of what it should look like to conform to us, and you know, so their their spirit just takes on whatever form they think is the funniest, I guess, which probably explains the angel bit. I have a question. Do you want to stand up there and ask it? Or? I can go over there if you want. I don't mind. I'm going. Okay. I'm going to get on the other side of this I'll, experience. I'll, 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 I'll wait here. Remember, you've got to get real close to the mic, though. Real close. Hello, long-time listener, first-time question asker. How are you doing? Uh, why does uh, Eddie need to steer Benny? Is it just because Benny likes it? <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> That's all I got. Oh, sorry, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think he does have to steer him. Because Benny is doing a perfectly fine job before he does start doing that, but it but does he doesn't ever take ask over. for a fare is really what I'm getting at, and I'm wondering if it's a bit of a ah, right, know, okay. a little cheeky. Yeah, favor. I mean, he, do, he, 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 he does flip a handle for him as well when he asks. He's like, I'll just reach down and pull that lever. Yeah, there's a lot of rummaging. Yeah. <laughs> that was my question. I was going to uh, say, he actually then does go and drive a real car. When his wheels yeah, are all sore, yeah, he's yeah. like, that, that, I'll that, just hop in the like front Benny seat and does start take over. Also, very conscious of uh, real world road law because he turns his headlights on because Rogers bust up the others. So uh, Benny's a good, a good egg. He, he's, he's not though because I mean we see him driving as him in the in the real world and he's he's doing all sorts of bad things. Yeah, he genuinely doesn't care. But I think really, as soon on? as he's in a car from our world. Maybe he's he like, does can connect. I do he's this like, yeah, because I could actually hurt somebody now. I could actually cause damage. Whereas a toon cab crashing in to a human might not kill any of them. So he's just like, oh, bollocks, well, I'll just do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got much else. So uh, I, 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 we'll, we'll end on one more question and then uh, we'll wrap it up. I think so, yeah. Uh, hey, long time questioner, first time listener. How's it um, going? <laughs> The sexy, not sexy Jessica Rabbit replacement that lives in Toontown. What's her job? Do you think her job is just like lure people in, be pretending to be Jessica Rabbit? No, I, I, I think she's a Jessica them? Rabbit cosplayer. <laughs> that's that's what I think because she only looks like her in kind of silhouette and in you know dim light. As soon as she actually turns around, you work out very quickly it's not her. 
So, yeah, I'm thinking... But she was, she was working on it. Like, she was clearly in the middle of... Like, maybe she would have sorted it out if she wasn't so rudely interrupted by Bob Hoskins. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Gary. Just, oh, Gary. Just one, one quick one. What... What's all the paraphernalia on your, uh, your okay, desk Okay, so these are... These that's are a laptop. That's a laptop there. It's a cup. It's a can of drink here. There's a sort of straining spoon that we were going to use to serve popcorn if we couldn't find anything better. There oh, we is did. Uh, some eye patches. Yeah. Uh, there's a dictaphone that Cal forgot to turn on for the first half of this, making its role in this whole thing completely useless. We've got this bit. Uh, there's some Looney Tunes uh, story dice. There's Mr. Bean. He's a little uh, solar-powered Mr. Bean that sits on the windowsill at Cal's house and makes an annoying noise until about halfway through every episode we record when I remember to knock him over. Uh, and then there's the big rubber hands, which uh, Cal wore for 33 days uh, for no reason whatsoever. No one asked him to do it. He was just drunk and said he would. It's a very just similar way, way to we got into this predicament. Yeah, look how well this is working out for us. Adequately, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Ron? yeah, I was going. This is Ron. He's a good. He's our good human friend. He's not Ron. a roast potato. This is my good human friend. This Ron. is our good human friend. Look at Ron. how human he's he is. He's hanging out. He's been presenting the show all evening. Yeah. And like he's been adding a lot, and I, I think you belittle his presence by asking, "Who's this?" What, you call him a roast potato. He doesn't look like a roast potato. He's, he's, look, no, it's, he's, this is just our good round, yellow, crispy at the edges human friend Ron. Look how human he is. It's fine. I'm sorry, Ron. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to me. I think, I think that now this has descended into just abuse. I know. Leave I think it's a, as good a time as any to call it. I think that's so a good So thank idea. you all for coming out to our first ever live show. Uh, uh, we're going to, you know, really digest Who Framed Roger Rabbit, try to weave it properly mm. in over the next couple of episodes, because it's changed a lot. And then uh, we'll be back on the tunes trying to make our way to Space Jam. But thank you all for coming. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. Good night.